Welcome to the Purpose City Church Podcast, where we're dedicated to guiding you on a journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're thrilled to have you here, and regardless of where you're tuning in from, we have faith that this message will be a direct source of inspiration in your life. In the midst of a series um, that we have titled simply, we. We. Why would we do a, a collection of conversations around the topic of we? Um, because it is our belief that we should never try to do life alone. That God himself is a community because you have God the Father, God the Son. Let me get another mic. Can I have another microphone? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So if he himself is a community, what do you think that he has as far as an expectation of us? After all, we are made in his image and in his likeness. Would you agree? Say amen. The, whole, the anchor of this particular series is a passage of scripture that's found in 1 Corinthians 1 and 10 that simply says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. To live in harmony with each other. This is the, this is the touchy one now. This is the one we got to really grab a hold of. Let there be no divisions in the church. So the reason he told us that, because the potential is there for divisions in the church, but rather be of one mind, say one mind, united in thought and purpose. If we even think about the creation story, our God in heaven, he made several things. And every time he created something, he would say, and it was good. Ah, but there was one thing. <laughs> where his conclusion was that it's not good. Do you know what that one thing was? An isolated person. He said it's not good for the man to be alone. What he's saying is we is more powerful than me. And that's the conversation that we are carrying forward on today. So in today's Message, we're going to find ourselves in the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Whose paper Bible saved in here? Raise your Bibles in the air. All right. I see one. I see that hand. I see that hand. All right. Paper Bible saved. The old church should say, turn over your Bibles too. Turn over your Bibles too. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. All my iPhone users are already there. I know it, I feel it in my spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. A very familiar passage of scripture. Once you got it, say, I got it. If you don't have it, say, hold up. Oh, we know what type of phone they have. First Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 12, I'll be personally reading from the NLT. 
It says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Say, the same spirit. <laughs> He's called the Holy Ghost. Verse 14 says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Don't make no sense. Say, make it make sense. Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Have you ever stubbed your pinky toe? You find out how necessary your pinky toe is. And when you hit it, you'll be like, oh yes, I do need that pinky toe. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. Here's the heart of the matter. If we do all these things, verse 25 says, this makes for harmony among the members. So that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, come on, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts, say all the parts, they ought to be glad. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you, each of you is a part of it. Today, we'll be talking from a message called Positive Body Image. Positive Body Image. Let's pray. Lord, whew, I moved myself out of the way so that you can do what you desire to do in us, your people. We surrender. Holy Spirit, come into the room. Take full control and let your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Positive body image. Positive body image. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. It's a, it's a real thing when people desire or campaign for positive body image. 
It's a concept that says that you should be able to look in the mirror and no matter your size, your shape, or no matter what you see in that mirror, you feel good about Because the world is on a campaign to make you feel less than because they have standards that are unrealistic. They have standards that are synthetic. They have standards that are not attainable. And if they can do a good enough marketing job of this false standard, you walk around in your daily life feeling less than. And the devil is a liar. What positive body image says is that you should imagine that your body is a unique work of art. Now you like, that sounds so worldly. Come on, pastor, this is church. Problem with that is in Ephesians, the Bible says that you are God's masterpiece. So it's not that far off as you think. Because quite often the world takes stuff out of the Bible, repackages it, relabels it, and calls it something else. And then you think it's worldly because you don't read your Bibles enough. But we're going to look at a positive body image because just like we appreciate, if we are, each one of us in these seats and watching online, a work of art created by God himself then we should also appreciate not just what we see in the mirror, but what we see in others. Because if God painted the portrait, we should learn to not just appreciate what he created about us, but what he created about his other sons and daughters as well. And this is inside this concept of positive body image, that you don't just feel good about you, but that you are deliberate about helping others feel good about themselves. Here's a few important concepts or tenets of this movement called the positive body image movement. Number one, you have to embrace differences. We got to know that God created me the way he created me, and God created you the way that he created you. I can appreciate me, and I can appreciate you, and you should appreciate you, and you should appreciate me too. So you have to be willing, if you're going to be a part of this, to be able to embrace differences. Everybody don't do it like you do it. Everybody don't say it the way you say it. Everybody don't have the same opinions that you have. Everybody don't vote the way that you vote. Come on, let's talk about it. Number two, the second tenet is, this is what they promote, self-love. Now, hold on, slow down. There's nothing wrong with loving yourself. Because our Bible tells us that we have to love our neighbors the same way that you love yourself. So if you don't love yourself, how can you love your neighbor according to the word of God, but I'm getting ahead of myself. It's important that you love you the way that you are. <laughs> Do you know, I'm getting ahead of myself, that the devil would love for you to not appreciate what's inside of you. The devil would love for you to minimize 
the gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given you and make you feel insignificant. He would love to trap you with a feeling of insignificance. Number three, they, they encourage you to make healthy choices. Now, you can't just eat anything. I like food, as you can see. But at a certain point, we have to get to the place to where, although we appreciate what we see in the mirror, and we know that we are made in the image and likeness of God, and we appreciate the fact that God calls us his masterpiece, we can't eat steak every day. You got to throw a little lettuce in there, a little spinach in there, a little kale, a little broccoli. You got to make healthy choices. It's not about aesthetics, it's about health. Because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, your Bible says that, right? And we have these 11 organ systems inside of us that require that we make healthy choices. We can't pray the diabetes away and then go get a double cheeseburger. With bacon. We got to make healthy choice. That's also a part of having a positive body image. The fourth tenet is media awareness. You got to be careful on these social media streets because everybody posts their highlight reels. <laughs> and because you're looking at everybody's highlight reels and comparing it to your real life reels, you start to feel as though you don't have what you need to have. You don't look like you need to look. You don't go to all the places that you need to go because you're not aware that social media is actually social engineering. <laughs> it's intentional what's in your feed. You don't see those things on accident. Do you know that the people, the CEOs, the founders, and the creators of all these social media platforms don't even let their kids get on social media? But here you are, scrolling away, right next to your child that's scrolling away, being socially engineered to not appreciate the beauty that they possess, the beauty that you possess. And the last one is this, confidence. Positive body image is about feeling confident in your own skin. When you feel good about yourself, it shows in how you carry yourself and how you interact with others. Have you ever seen somebody on the beach? Full of confidence. But you say to yourself, why does he have his shirt off like that? That's a positive body image. He appreciates what he sees. And because he has decided that he too is fearfully and wonderfully made, shirts off. We at the beach. And I'm going to enjoy myself. Because he has a positive body. I mean, he has confidence. While the concept, though, because this has been going on for several years, this whole movement you, you see all different shaped size models where at one time you saw one size model. 
And so there's this movement so that everybody can see themselves. And so there's representation and diversity to develop this positive body image. You would think that the effects have been positive. <laughs> but that's not what the research says because now more than ever, more, period, more people are experiencing body dissatisfaction. Body dissatisfaction. Research shows that over 80%, wow, that's a lot, of American women are dissatisfied with their bodies. This status, dissatisfaction can lead to low self-esteem and anxiety. And in some cases, eating disorders, which is another problem that's on the rise. Eating disorders are more prevalent than many people think, with millions of people struggling with eating disorders right, right now. But th doesn't this kind of, doesn't this, doesn't this kind of seem like the church too? Because I think, I don't know about you, that more people are dissatisfied with the body of Christ than ever before. I think there's a lot of body dissatisfaction going on in our world. We're so divided. We don't talk to people unless they are in our little circle, share all of our same opinions, think the way that we think, have similar experiences. And now our country and our church is suffering from major divisions. And the people on the outside are looking at this body of Christ and saying, why would I want to be a part of that? Y'all don't even get along. Y'all don't even like each other. So y'all definitely not going to like me. Because what you got to understand is that people, they want Jesus. People want the Christ, the Messiah, they know that they need him, but they are afraid they got to go through you to get to him. And they see you outside of Sunday service. They hear your conversations. They see your social media posts. And they're dissatisfied with the body. These doggone eating disorders that we're experiencing in the body of Christ. You know what that is? Too many of us got 17 pastors. We're overeating. <laughs> you go to more conferences than you go on vacation. And that's why you exhausted. Because you eating from everybody's plate. And then you regurgitated on us. Because then you come in here with expectations about what happened over there. That quietness is good to my soul. <laughs> You're eating from here, there, and everywhere. And yet you're not growing. Hmm. Could it be that you have 
a spiritual eating disorder. Never mind. The next one is negative media influences. Exposure to idealized and unrealistic images of beauty. We get that too from the media. <laughs> Should I go here? Some of us are being shepherded by our political affiliations. We letting Carlson Tucker, we letting Don Lemon, we letting CNN, Fox News tell us how we should think. As though those are kingdom enterprises. Why are you so quiet in here? Politics are politics. And we need the government. We're supposed to pray for the government. And some of us are even supposed to be involved in the government. But what you're not supposed to do is get your theology from the government. Your theology comes from the king. Theo, God, ology, study up. <laughs> Y'all all right in here? Our theology does not come from what we see on TV. Our theology does not come from what we consume on social media. Our theology comes from the Lord and his word. Y'all all right? We in church? Y'all okay in the balcony? Okay. Number four, impact on mental health. This whole body image thing that was supposed to help us to feel better has not led to a decrease in mental health diagnoses. We have to be careful. Mental health challenges are a real thing, and they need to be treated with care and handled properly. But we need to do our part to make sure that we're not adding on to the anxiety, that we're not adding on to the pressures that people are facing by what happens when they interact with us. When they experience us, they should experience him. There should be some relief when they come into our presence. Not because of who we are, but because of who's inside of us. <laughs> they shouldn't leave our presence more heavy than when they came in. Their burdens should be a little bit lighter. They should be thinking a little more clearly than they were before. Number five, youth and body image. This is messing up young people. Because they have grown up with technology. Some of us grew up pre-technology, so we don't get the fact that these children, all they know is technology. Whether that's social media, or YouTube, or otherwise. A lot of us parents sat our kids in front of that dog on TV. Now, these kids in elementary school with cell phones. That's fine. But I'm just saying what they're consuming has an effect on what they're thinking. Not just about the world, but what they're thinking about themselves. And we have to be disciplers, equippers of not just ourselves and our lives, but we have to be thinking about the next generation as well. How are we imparting what we know, what the Lord has shared with us, the gifts that he's placed in us, how are we using that to help the next generation? Are they even on our mind? And I'm not just talking about your kids because the series is called We. So there should be a desire and hunger in us that 
any kid attached to anybody in this place, I want to see win. I want to see used by the Lord. I want to see the gifts come alive. I want to see them be all that God created them to be. Well, they have to be on our mind. Social media and self-esteem is having a terrible effect on all generations. Body shaming, shaming, where now you can be a tough guy or a tough girl with a keyboard, and you can make people feel bad about themselves digitally with no accountability. As a former educator, and a part of my career in education was that of a high school dean. I didn't break up one fight that didn't start online. Now, I was a dean for five years, broke up a lot of fights. Every last one began with a social media post and a comment thereof and manifested into the hallways of a school. And for some of us, we have deleted people out of our lives that we were friends with for decades. Why? Because of something they posted, something they said that we knew they was talking about us. But they weren't. <laughs> but it's easy to shame somebody now more than ever before. The, the, the next one is this, dieting and weight loss obsession. We are obsessed with dieting and weight loss because they do a good job of marketing us. They have, you know the terminology is called influencer, right? Why do you think they got that name? Because it's their job to help you make a different decision. It's their job to show you what's wrong with you and influence you to use their product to fix it. Anyway, impact on men. Men aren't exempt. No, 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 no. It's important to note that this whole positive body image movement actually is making men feel insignificant as well. Men are increasingly experiencing pressure to conform to certain body ideals leading to concerns about muscle size, fat loss, and overall appearance. I was going to make a couple jokes right there, but I decided not to. But you got to know, men, you can't sit there and suffer in silence. You need we too. And men are terrible at communicating. And we're professional feeling barriers. Oh, we love to bury our feelings, don't we? We love to hide our pain, don't we? Yeah, listen, y'all don't got to say amen. I know you. I see you. I am you. At least I'm honest. And what about the global impact? All around the world, this ain't an American problem. It's a global problem. It's important to note that this happens all around the world, not just to men, but to women and to kids, not just to Americans, Europeans, Africans, everywhere. And I wonder, this made, all this research made me wonder, what's the global impact of all that we have been experiencing, all that we've been doing as individual Christians that make up the body of Christ, what's the global impact been for how people view our Lord and Savior? Do they have a positive 
image of the body of Christ. Do you have a positive image of the body of Christ? Do you realize how valuable you are to the body of Christ? Do you realize how valuable the body of Christ is to the world? Do you? Have you ever considered it? That Christ came and died not just for your salvation, he did, but also for your impact. Hmm. Think about it. If the whole goal was salvation, why would you need to keep breathing after you decided to give him your life? There must be something else. There must be more. There must be more to the story. I can't just be here for salvation alone, but I must be here because there's a bigger agenda in play. You know what that bigger, bigger agenda is? It's called the body of Christ. And it's important that we value ourselves in the body so that the body at large operates properly. You know what happened ironically after I wrote this message and turned it in? I literally, I closed the laptop and I stood up and I injured myself. I don't even know what I hurt. But I hurt something. It's, a, it's a, some type of ligament that run right here across the elbow. Don't know what it's called. I don't know what it does. But I found out I needed it once I messed it up. I mean, I couldn't even sleep right. I'm sleeping like this. Because as soon as I it touched something, the pain reverberated. It didn't just stay right there. But it shot through other areas. Come on, say other areas. To this day, I don't know what it's called. I don't even know what I did to it. But I know something bad happened that I hope never happens again. That took several days for me to heal from. And that's what it is when you don't play your part in the body of Christ. We may not even know your name. We may not even know your particular function, but what we do know in the body of Christ is that we need you to be operating optimally in your position, in your function. If we're going to be the body of Christ, so there are a few important things to remember because we all have a responsibility to develop a positive body image of the body of Christ. And if you are a note taker, these may sound a little familiar, but number one is we have to be willing to embrace differences. We as believers have to be okay with doing the work of the Lord with people who are different than us. Remember 1 Corinthians 12 and 12? The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. You are a part, but so is the person next to you. And if the person next to you has a different part, 
that should be celebrated and embraced, even if what they do is completely opposite from you. And if you don't even understand what they do, if you don't even fathom the capacity and the importance of the role that they play, it should still be celebrated because you're looking at them as a part of a body that you are also a part of. We don't look down on them because they don't have a microphone. Hello? We don't look down on them because they don't have any time on the stage. No, no, no. We look to our left and our right and we appreciate them. We high five them. We say, we glad that you're here. We say, we couldn't do this apart from you. You are valuable. That's what happens when we decide that we are going to embrace differences. I have to do this. When we first were walking through this whole journey and we were having the conversations that we needed to have to figure out how we were going to do this, I remember showing up on one of those occasions and seeing that garden outside. And I said, oh, that's got to go. Oh, call the bulldozer right now. Let's just, let's just get some grass seed. and Why? Why? Because I didn't have a value for that form of ministry. I had never experienced a garden ministry. I had no preconceived notions that that could be kingdom until I had a conversation. I allowed a conversation to help me to realize that this is kingdom and so is that. <laughs> that this is valuable and so is that. And that's how the body should work. Just because you do something different than I do, what I do isn't better than what you do. What we do together is where the value lies. Because it's about we. It's not about me. So we're going to preach the gospel and we're going to feed hungry people with the garden outside. Hello? Because it's the body of Christ. So don't be so quick to judge and dismiss. Have a conversation. Pray. Educate yourself. Make yourself available to someone different than you. Make yourself known to someone different than you. And then show appreciation. So after we make it okay to embrace differences, number two is we got to have self-love. We have to develop a sense of gratitude for the fact that there is a body of Christ and that we're a part of it. Hello? Come here. Okay, let me say it again. <laughs> because you don't deserve to be here. You ain't died on nobody's cross. You ain't shed an ounce of blood for nobody's soul. As a matter of fact, what you deserve is eternal damnation. And so do I. But the fact that there is a body of Christ means that the work that needed to be done was done by Jesus. And now he is looking at us to fulfill the great commission. Co, all of us collectively on the same mission. 
So we have to love the fact that there is a body of Christ because without his life being offered as a sacrifice, there would be no body of Christ. And then step two is to appreciate the fact that he let us be in the body of Christ. I know you've been saved a while. You've read your Bible a lot, prayed quite a bit, but you still filthy. Your Bible says that your best praise is filthy rags before him. That can be translated as a dirty tampon. Look it up yourself. That's how awesome your praise is. So there's got to be something in you that has to have some self-love about the body of Christ because you know it's a gift, a privilege, and an honor to be used by God in any capacity. You didn't earn it, and you didn't deserve it. You know what happens when you have self-love about your gifts, your talents, and ability? You stop hiding them. Well, y'all already mad at me anyway, so. <laughs> All them gifts that God done given you. And don't nobody know? You can sing, but you ain't singing. Yeah, okay, yep, I'm right where I need to be. You love kids, but ain't serving on the kids team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You love people, but ain't out there greeting nobody. You come in and sit. I wonder how that makes your father feel. You know, the one that created you? The one that deposited his gifts in you? Why do you think they're called gifts? How would you feel if you used all your bonus Come on, you worked hard for that bonus all year. And your kids was nagging you for that new thing, whatever that new thing is. And you get it for them. Now, you don't put a lot of hours in to be able to afford the price of this thing. And you present the gift to them. And two weeks later, you see it unused. And two months later, you see it unused. And then you say something like, boy, is you crazy? You know how much overtime I had to do? She's like, all right, sorry. And they start playing for it, playing with it. And then two months later, it's unused. And then two more years later, it's unused. You are not happy, are you? <laughs> but you think it's all right not to use your little gifts. The one that he paid the ultimate price for. The one that he made the ultimate sacrifice for. He went beyond overtime. He got up off of his throne to come to this filthy earth, live a perfect life, and die the death that you should have died just so you cannot use your gifts. And all gifts aren't for the house. Relax. <laughs> there 
there's a lot of work to be done outside this church too. So maybe your gift is a marketplace gift. But even in that, you're too scared to use it. Yeah. I get nervous when I get too many amens. This is right where I like it. Because some of us are sitting on gifts in our back pocket, both in the church and outside the church, and you need to know that your Heavenly Father isn't okay with that. You need to love yourself enough to love the gifts and talents and abilities and skill sets that he put in you. Love them so much that you use them. Because what you love, you don't hide. You expect, you expect us to use our prophetic gift to see it in you. Oh, I see a, uh, I see a guitar anointing on you. No, anybody got time for that? Volunteer, man. Love yourself enough to realize that which God has placed in you is valuable. If you're passing out coffee, if you're in the parking lot waving, if you're making sure the building is secure, if you're working with our teens, whatever it is that you do, there is value in it. But you got to love yourself before anybody else can. The next thing you should do is make healthy choices. Remember that? We make healthy choices that benefit the body of Christ when we recognize the value in others. 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, you, I mean, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I'm not the hand, does that make it any less a part of the body? And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you here, or if your whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? Can I talk to you about church hurt? Because <laughs> here's what you got to understand. Just because a church hurts you, it doesn't take you out of the body of Christ. Just because a church leader lets you down, doesn't mean that you no longer have a part to play. And I want to say this with all sensitivity. Even if you experienced abuse, there is a time of healing. There is a time of grieving. But it's not eternal. Because Solomon told us that there's a time for everything. There's a season for everything. So at some point, you got to be so submitted that you get back in position, that you get back to work, that you get back to serving, that you get back to ministry. Why? Because the body needs you. His body, the capital C church needs you. It doesn't take away from what you experience, but you got to get to a certain point to where either you're going to agree with the devil or with Jesus. <laughs> is what Jesus has said about you strong enough to outweigh and silence what the devil is saying about you. I heard it said one time that when you murmur and you complain, you're actually worship, coming into worship with the devil's agenda for your life. 
because we only murmur and complain about things that we don't see value in. We only murmur and complain about things that we think we're better than. We only murmur and complain about things that we think we have a better idea about. And so we murmur and complain and co-sign what the devil is trying to do in our hearts. So you have to, you have to make a decision. Either what the Lord has said about me, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, more than a conqueror, is true, or what the devil is whispering to us is true. They're, they're, they're kind of, there's no middle ground. Either he's convincing you out of your gift, or the Holy Spirit is activating it. And gifts don't have expiration dates. Did you know that every breath you take is a sign from God that there's still work for you to do? If he was done, you would be done. If it was over, so would your life be. But you don't get to opt out of who he made you to be. Let me leave it to the young folk. First of all, there's an S on the end of that. <laughs> Secondly, there's no scripture to back that up. And then some of you are young and saying, well, I'm not ready yet. I don't got my stuff together. And you never will, apart from the spirit of the living God. What if serving was a part of your sanctification process? Hmm? Can you show me somebody in the Bible who was ready to do what the Lord asked them to do? When he asked them to do it, can you name one outside of Jesus? I haven't seen one. Everybody that the Lord used was flawed and imperfect and not ready and arguing with God like, listen, I can't speak, Lord. I don't, I don't know how to talk. Lord, I'm the lowest, the weakest member of the weakest tribe. Why are you calling me a mighty man of valor? Lord, I'm old and my wife old too. How am I have children that number the sand? They're never ready. They never have it all together. They never have a seminary degree. They're just available. Are you making yourself available to the body of Christ? Or are you content with being a church attendee alone? You're mad. We'll move on. Media awareness. We have to stop letting sources that don't have our kingdom agenda in mind tell us how we should move through this life. 
Our help comes from the Lord. That doesn't mean that we don't interact with the world because the Bible tells us that we're supposed to be a light in dark places. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to be salt in the earth. But here's the thing. The world is not supposed to be shepherding us. We're supposed to be shepherding them. The world is not supposed to be influencing us. We're supposed to be influencing them. But Jesus hung with the sinners. No, they hung with him. Jesus never looked like them. They began to look like him because of his presence. (laughs) Jesus never started acting like the tax collectors. He was him the whole time. And his presence caused everybody else to change. But there was a prostitute washing his feet. Don't he he know we could use that money? But her life was being transformed by his presence. That's why we know who she is to this day. Because his presence changed her. Her presence didn't change him. So we have to be aware that there is a real agenda in the media to take us away from his kingdom principles and his teachings. And they're real articulate. And they put fancy graphics on the screen to make us think that we're out of touch, that we're out of date, that we're not loving. We have to know that no matter what they say, No matter how they articulate it, it doesn't overrule the authority of Scripture. Do you know that, Christian? That the final authority for our decision-making process is his holy word. Do you know that his word is holy, infallible, inexhaustible, and that we can rely upon it at all times, in all seasons, in all generations? No matter when it was written, it's still alive. Sharper than any two-edged sword today. And it's still where we should go to seek our help. Yes, there are many parts, 1 Corinthians 12 and 20, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can, can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members. We all do our part. Not just our part. But if we also all value the parts that other people play in this body of Purpose City Church and in the body of Christ at large, it makes for harmony. The last one, confidence. Developing a positive body of Christ's image hinges on your ability to have confidence in the King of glory himself. Sometimes we can be in church and we're like, like James said last week, is it going to work? 
1 Corinthians 12 and 18 says, but our bodies have many parts. Here's the, here it is right here. And God has put each part. God has put each part. God has put each part just where he wants it. How can it fail if God has put each part just where he wants it? In verse 27, this goes on to say, all of you together are Christ's body. And each of you have a part to play. And I'm going to say it again. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. If you don't take anything else away from this, put this in your heart or put this in your notes app. You have a vital role in the body of Christ. You. You. The devil doesn't want you to know that. Even if your role doesn't have a title, you don't get like a cool name badge. I didn't get a t-shirt. It's okay. You have a vital role in the body of Christ. The devil doesn't want you to think that. He wants you to be confused. And even if you are confused about what your role is, what your gift is, that's okay. Serve anyway. You'll figure it out. But in the meantime, doing nothing hinders the body of Christ. Can you imagine if your right lung was like, you know what, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing in here. Let me just stop until I figure it out. You wouldn't be doing so hot, would you? Let, let's, go, let's go with the eyelash. Come on, ladies. If just one, the, the, the eyelash all the way to the right was like, you know what? I don't feel like blinking right now. I don't feel like keeping out these particles. Your eye going to get toe up because your eyelash got a role to play. The real ones and the fake ones, they got a role to play. And it's vital. I'm playing, but I'm serious. You have not just any role, you have a vital role to play. You keep playing in the body of Christ. The devil doesn't want you to think that. He wants you to think you're too young, too seasoned, too inexperienced, too immature, too confused to have a role. Here's what you need to do. Two steps in, on this journey is discover your spiritual gift. How do we fulfill our roles within the body? It begins with discovering our spiritual gift. You got one. God didn't like overlook you. He gave you one. He might have given you more than one. But you have to go on a journey to discover what it is. Pretty soon we'll have our growth track back up and running if you've never been through it. And part of that process is helping you to discover your spiritual gift. Here's why you need to know it. Romans 12 and 6, it says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. He gave it to us to use, to do certain things well. Well, 
You have to take the time to self-reflect and assess your spiritual gifts. Understand what you are uniquely equipped to do because the thing that you are uniquely equipped to do, we need it. The Capital C Church needs it. You have a vital role to play. So it's a two-step process. Discover your spiritual gift and then fulfill your role. Like, do your part because you have a vital role. You must actively use it to benefit the church. Because 1 Peter 4 and 10 reminds us, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use them well to serve one another. Find there's lots of ways you can use your gifts. You really don't have a, you know, excuse. Like we're a church that uses people and makes space for people to use their gifts. If you're not using it, it's because you have made a decision that you ain't going to use it. You go right out there to that table and fill out a card and say, yes, I want to volunteer, I want to serve. And guess what? You're going to serve. <gasps> simple we overcomplicate it we be so deep about it well I don't know if I'm supposed to you know how people close their eyes and do like this with their hand when they're trying to be deep just been talking to God and I'm not sure what he's saying that's why I serve in the parking lot until, until he say something greet wave to people when they come in until he say something Go work with the kids until they say something. Just do something. Because that's why you're here. And when we all do our something, it creates a positive image of the body of Christ. And it makes people want to know our Jesus because they see Jesus at work in us. Thank you for being part of today's episode. To stay connected, please visit us at PurposeCityChurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your loved ones. Your support means the world to us. As you go about your day, remember to make a meaningful difference in the world. Thanks for listening.